Hello and thanks for downloading or streaming this podcast from Scarborough Borough Council. This is the June edition of In Conversation With. My name is Andy Carter and I'm joined today by Gabrielle. Hi Gabrielle. Hi Andy. Every month we chat to the leader of the council, Councillor Steve Siddons, or another member of the cabinet to find out more about what we are doing across the borough and an update on activity. Welcome again, Steve. Thank you, Gabrielle. This podcast is also your chance to ask questions of our political leaders, so if there's a burning issue or query you have, you can send it to us via email. The address is podcasts at scarborough.gov.uk. You can also visit the podcast page on our website, scarborough.gov.uk forward slash podcasts. As well as your questions, this month we're going to chat to Steve about Scarborough's West Pier, an investment plan for Viley and changes to local government, which will take effect from next April. And we'll also look ahead to the Armed Forces Day national event. Quite a lot to squeeze in this time, Steve, but I thought we'd start by just reflecting on this room we are in. We've moved from our previous podcast area because of something called Armed Forces Day, some tiny event coming in just a few days' time. Yes. Um, we are in what's called the Cabinet Room here at Town Hall, and we've posted a picture on the show notes so uh, our listeners can see it. It's very grand. What happens in this, this amazing um, room here? Well, interestingly, Andy, very little apart from this podcast. It is a room that originally was used uh, for cabinet meetings and and for those people who don't understand the niceties of local government, we have full council where all members attend and we have a cabinet which is made up of seven people who make the final decisions on things. This was the room that those people would normally sit in and and I suppose it's a smaller version of the one that you may have seen on television at 10 Downing Street. It's original, it's part of the original building that was owned by a prominent banker in the area and eventually sold to precursor of Scarborough Borough Council. And I think it was used at one time uh, as a meeting room, but to be honest, it's not a particularly comfortable room. Uh, the, the tables and the chairs are not comfortable. Maybe they were designed to stop meetings going on too long and maybe that's not a bad thing. But over recent years, we've moved the cabinet meetings into the council chamber, which is equally uncomfortable, <laughs> I, would, I would say, but, uh, but a bit bigger. In fact, a lot bigger. And if you've got members of the public come, then it's a bit easier to do it there because you've got a public gallery where people can sit above the, the main chamber and get a good view of, of what's going on. So... It's a shame that it's not used because it's a lovely room and uh, there are certainly some of my predecessors on the wall here in, captured in oils. I, I doubt if I'll get one uh, in my time, but it's well worth a look if people get the chance to come and see it. Mm, it's very strange having all these eyes looking at us, mm. maybe focus our attention. Uh, that will explain possibly why you'll hear seagulls because we're on the ground floor of Town Hall. On the other side of the glass windows there is Victoria Gardens and there's a beautiful clock above your head. Uh, which is ticking, um, which may, may be audible, but it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful sound. And of course, since we last saw you, we've celebrated the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. Uh, did you yes. enjoy your, your long weekend? I did. We didn't do a great deal. Uh, we stayed at home, but we enjoyed watching the various parts of, of the weekend. 
particularly enjoyed the concert on Saturday night. I thought that was really, really well done. I hope that when we come to Arms Forces Day, which is in a couple of weeks' time, that the choreography of that will be something approaching that because it, uh, it was really fantastic. And, and I can't believe that Brian May is 78, I think he is, this year, and he, he's still able to rock it out. So it was a really good evening, I thought. And as an important person in our borough, who, which, which film or cartoon character would you have tea with? I think Paddington Bear. I think, uh, I think that was rather good. And, uh, and it would be nice to see, see Paddington Bear again for our Armed Forces Day. I think it would. OK, well, we'll talk about Armed Forces Day in a bit more detail later on, but let's just turn serious now. And Since we last um, spoke to you on the podcast that we recorded last month, we did talk about West Pier, and you outlined some of our proposals for there, but things have moved on in that period, not least a number of false claims being peddled by local campaigners. Yeah. Many people who listen to the podcast will have seen you on both television and heard you on the radio. But what's your reaction for the benefit of In Conversation With to, to what you've seen about those claims? Well, I'm, I'm disappointed with, with those people who, um, who have made those claims. The, the claims are untrue, and, and I think we've lots of evidence to support that. I understand why people are nervous about change. Uh, it, it's always the case with change, but I think that what we're trying to do is trying to put right a number of years of of lack of investment in, in the West Pier. And that is primarily for the fishing industry. I would say that 70, 80% of the West Pier is, is fishing industry. And, and we are doing things to put right some of those things that people have talked to me about in the past and said that the facilities they have there are almost Dickensian, some of them. So having new facilities, having improved facilities is a key part of this. But it's going to cost £11.5 million to put the things right that we'd like to put right. And some of that money will come from public sources, but not all of it can. There's going to have to be some commercialisation. Now, there already is commercialisation on the West Pier. There, there are the shellfish stalls. There's a really lovely cafe there. There's a really great fresh fish outlet. And we've got artist studios as well. What we want to do is retain all those things, but within a new context. So having a new primary attraction there, which would be a high-quality seafood or, or other type of restaurant, we're going to improve the shellfish stalls and hopefully expand those out into other things other than just shellfish. But we're certainly uh, retaining all those people who, who have shellfish stalls that want to remain. Having those few extra facilities will make the difference between us able to do this job properly and not. And I, I hope that people will listen properly to what's being said. And as the plans develop over the coming months, engage with us and make sure that what we're providing is what they really need. And everyone will be a winner at the end of that. It's, uh, it's not trying to do something to people that they don't want. We're trying to make it better there for everybody, not least the fishermen, but also the public, visitors and residents alike. 
Of course, the West Pier scheme is just one part of the town's deals um, projects which are happening across Scarborough and Whitby. Um, we said last month that we would just reflect this time round about Filey because Filey was not part of the government's. Um, we weren't. Filey wasn't invited That's to right. be part of that original bid. Uh, but we've decided not to leave Filey behind, have we? And we've actually put some money aside. So can you just tell us a little bit about that? We have. I mean, Filey is one of the three main towns in the borough, and. Luckily, Scarborough and Whitby uh, were included by the government in the town's deal fund. And that, a lot of that is largely based on demographics and the quality of life that there is here. But Filey was missed out of that uh, for, for a variety of reasons. So we decided that because we'd been lucky enough to be asked to bid for what was in effect £37 million, that we didn't want Filey to be left out. So we talked to Filey Town Council, we talked to the councillors on the Borough Council who represent Filey, and, and it became clear that there were things that, that Filey needed and wanted, but they weren't of the scale that was needed, particularly in Scarborough, but also to a lesser degree in, in Whitby. We worked together with Filey, with the town councillors, and with the public, because we've done um, some really good consultations with the public, the public in Filey have been really responsive to our requests to get engaged. And we've come up with a plan uh, that effectively uh, improves the best bits of Filey without, without making a mess of the town. So we've got projects along the seafront in Glen Gardens, there's going to be new children's play areas uh, because all the children's play areas in Filey are, are quite old now. And, and a general spruce up uh, and, and tidy up the paddling pool is going to have work done to it, which is going to retain all the best bits of Filey and the reason why people come to Filey and, um, and make it fit for the next 10, 15, 20 years. That's the plan. And I'm really grateful to to the Mayor of Filey and to the residents and the Town Council and to the local Borough Councillors for engaging with us and making sure that what we get is what people want. And now it's time for questions from our listeners. Um, in our last podcast, um, we asked you if you'd like to put some questions to the leader of the council. So thanks to those people who have sent in their questions. And our first question is from Rebecca from Scarborough. The council set out an ambitious plan for the borough a few years ago. What will the impact of the changes to local government be on the Building a Better Borough programme? Well, first of all, thanks, Rebecca, for the question. Uh, it's a question that uh, I asked myself many times uh, during the process of working through the local government reorganisation work. What we've done is uh, we've worked very closely with the new unitary authority over the last 12 months and certainly over the next 12 months as the new shadow authority has come into being. And we've tried to make sure that, that the new authority is fully engaged with us on all the work that we're doing. And the plan for that, the idea of that, was to make sure that they didn't, when they took over on day one, suddenly say, what's all these things that are going on in Scarborough? Uh, and stop them uh, to have a look at them. So they've been fully engaged in this all along. And I'm pleased to say 
that for the vast majority of projects that we're doing, the, the new Shadow Authority have agreed that they are all good projects that need to continue. And they've given us permission to carry on with those projects and deliver them. And I, and I say given us permission, that's because what the government do when a new unitary authority is created, they make sure that the authorities that are going to be disbanded can't suddenly decide to go spend all the money in the bank uh, on, on lots of silly schemes. Now that is not something that we have done in Scarborough, absolutely not. But it's good to see that the new unitary is on the same wavelength as us and they see the benefits of the investment that we're making. And I don't really see uh, any likelihood of a great hiccup in that. It, there should be, for members of the public, there should be a smooth transition of those projects. They'll, they'll be looked after by us until 30th of March next year. And then from the 1st of April, they'll be looked after by the new unitary authority. I'm sure it's really good to hear that continuity um, into the, you know, from the current authorities into the new one. Yeah, Thanks, Steve. Thanks, really important. And now on to Ian, um, who doesn't say where he lives, but hello to Ian if he's listening. Um, and what's happening with the stalled Argos development, Steve? Ah, good question, Ian. Um, the problem with the Argos building is, uh, for those people who don't understand the detail of it, that building is not owned by Scarborough Borough Council. It's owned by a private developer who was working with us uh, to deliver much needed new student accommodation. And I think one of the things that I'd, I'd like to say at this stage is that there was a lot of talk uh, amongst some members of the public saying, why on earth are you putting student accommodation in the town centre uh, or hospital accommodation in the town centre? It should be by the university and it should be by the hospital. Well, I, I can tell listeners that the reason why we put it in the town centre is twofold. One was, and most importantly, was that's what the university and the hospital asked for, and that's what their staff and students asked for. But the second point is that it would help to regenerate a part of town that needs some regeneration. And, and it would bring more people in there, uh, people with money to spend, because Students might ha not have a great deal of disposable income, but what they have, they, they spend it locally. And, uh, and that's to the benefit of those businesses who are in that area. So I was disappointed when, when we didn't get planning permission for that. But essentially what happened now is that the developer has gone back to the drawing board. They are engaging with the hospital and with the university and I'm hopeful that they will come back with a plan fairly shortly uh, and I hope that plan includes making sure that we get accommodation in the town centre for students and hospital staff because it's desperately needed both for them and for the regeneration of that part of town. Certainly thanks Steve and of course just to a nod back to the Scarborough Town plan there of course um, one of the 
key points of the town plan to obviously regenerate Scarborough Town Centre was to have um, you know accommodation for people in the town centre mm. um, to try and really encourage um, you know a better thriving local economy. Um, so you know, good to hear that that hopefully is, is progressing well. Yeah, yeah. And our final question um, on this podcast is Sandra from Scarborough. Can you say more about the planned review of parking in the town? The parking review came about after the conversations we'd had with the public about the new development on the Argos site. Uh, I know that uh, particularly in the old town centre, but not not wholly in the old town in the old town centre, but but in a number of different areas. We've got problems with parking, and some of that is residence parking, because there are probably too many cars for um, for the number of uh, parking spaces there are in the streets. But also, we've got quite a few problems with camper vans and uh, caravans parking on on the roads close by residential areas. And I spoke to uh, the people at North Yorkshire. I spoke to the director of uh, highways at North Yorkshire and asked him if he could help us try and resolve this problem. The The parking on, on roads is the responsibility of North Yorkshire, it's not the responsibility of Scarborough Borough Council. We only look after the public car parks. Um, and they have agreed that they will undertake a review of all the parking right across the Scarborough area and try and make sure that uh, the parking is appropriate for the for the number of people who have cars there. But it's always going to be a problem, particularly in places like the old town. It's a medieval town centre and uh, was never intended for, for cars. And unfortunately, or fortunately, uh, people have cars and sometimes have more than one car. So it's not surprising that we've got a problem with it. I'm not sure the problem will be wholly resolved, but I I hope that we will come up with a a system that is fair and reasonable to the majority of people. And in the same way with people who want to come here in camper vans, I think we'd want to encourage them to park in appropriate places. And and in fact, we're trying to provide some additional facilities in our Project Sunshine programme uh, to provide facilities for people to get fresh water and dispose of, uh, of waste. Uh, so we're not discouraging people, but we need to be careful about, about them rubbing along well with local residents who at the end of the day live here uh, and, uh, and are not necessarily very happy about someone pulling up outside their house with a big, big old camper van um, and staring through the window into theirs. So, uh, I'm, I can understand that and I'd like to hope that we can do something about that. Do you say it's all about trying to get that balance, isn't it, Steve? Oh, it's always about trying to get a balance, yes. That's my job in life. Thanks for answering those questions, Steve. Um, Rebecca's question related to changes to local government, um, which we were going to just cover off briefly. So what's happening in North Yorkshire and, and why is it happening? Well, the government have decided that, uh, for, a, for a variety of reasons, have decided that the two-tier system that we operate at the moment uh, in North Yorkshire, where the County Council look after schools, social care, highways, some of the big ticket items, and the seven borough councils look after 
essentially the day-to-day -day services, emptying your bins, uh, making sure the town centre's clean, looking after the, the rating system and all those kinds of things. They've decided, of the government, that uh, that system is outdated and needs to be reviewed. And their plan is that we should just have one council for North Yorkshire. It will be a unitary council, which, which means it's a single council, and it will look after all those services. So from the 1st of April next year, the seven district councils will disappear and be merged into the new unitary. So you'll have many of the same staff still there, so the people you normally deal with should hopefully still be there. The plan is to make things more efficient. Whether it will or not, is uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. It's going to be a really big authority, probably one of the biggest in the country, and will take some managing. But we're doing everything we can to make sure that that transition is as smooth as possible. And we look forward to the new unitary starting next year and, and seeing what it brings for the future. And it's probably worth stressing, isn't it, that for most of our listeners, they will not notice a change um, from the 31st of March next year to the 1st of April. Things will just carry on as normal. So they should be entirely reassured. They, they should. The, the, the whole process that we're all going through and the, the vast amount of work that's been done is to ensure that that transition is smooth and that members of the public don't notice a difference. And finally then, for this um, edition of In Conversation With, as we said earlier, we're recording on Monday the 13th of June, so there's less now than a fortnight to go until we host the amazing Armed Forces Day national event in Scarborough. Um, are you looking forward to this? Because I think you'll spend most of that day schmoozing with military top brass and, and royalty. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. I'm, uh, I am looking forward to it. Uh, I think that it's been three years in the making as this. When I became leader three years ago, one of the first tasks I had was to go down to Salisbury to the National Armed Forces Day event there, uh, which was held there in 2019. And I, my job was to take the flag, uh, which was lowered at the end of the day, and bring it back to Scarborough to be erected up the flagpole again the following year for Armed Forces Day here, National Armed Forces Day. Um, that flag's still in storage, and, uh, um, and it's, taken, know where it is. it's taken three years. I was asking where it is the other day, yes. Taken three years to actually get here because of COVID. Three years has given us an opportunity to really think carefully about how we want this day to work. And I'm absolutely grateful to all the people who've been involved in this, uh, the staff, the military, and particularly the Royal Navy, and they, they are the lead, uh, their lead armed forces for this particular event. And to Tony Randerson, who's been the armed forces champion, he's, he's worked on this tirelessly over the last three years to make sure that this works properly. So I've no doubt that this will be uh, a really well-run event. Uh, whatever you feel about the military, uh, they are very good at organising things and making sure everything stays in step. So I, I think that when people come here on the day, and I would encourage people to come here, is they're going to have a spectacular day with ships in the South Bay, with military aircraft, with uh, red arrows, with, with every piece of military hardware you can imagine. A lot of troops will be here marching. And as you say, 
we've got senior royals here and we've got senior politicians here. Uh, now, they, they probably won't be of my same political persuasion, but I'm here to represent Scarborough and, and I will do my job and, uh, and make sure that they have a good day here as well and remember Scarborough positively. Okay, brilliant. Thanks, Steve. I think um, we'll bring things to a close there. But before we go, let's quickly just look ahead to next month's edition of In Conversation With. Uh, like this episode, Steve will be taking your questions as part of the podcast. So if you'd like to submit one, then send us an email, podcast at scarborough.gov.uk. Or you can also check out our podcast page on the website, scarborough.gov.uk forward slash podcast for details too. We'll also reflect on looking back at Armed Forces Day National Event, find out how you got on Steve. We're also going to tell you more about Project Sunshine 2, which is a major investment across all three towns and elsewhere across our borough, and the master plan for North Bay in Scarborough, which will have come to your cabinet by the time we record our next podcast. In the meantime, though, thank you for listening. So from Gabrielle. Goodbye. And from Steve. Goodbye. And from me, Andy, as well. Goodbye. For more news and information about the services we provide, visit scarborough.gov.uk. Thank you.